Oh, hey! Welcome to the Flight and Scarlet show. I'm Sarita Lopez from flightandscarlet.com, and today we're going to talk about those times when someone tries to tell you who you are just by assuming. So I used to get really annoyed when people would assume something about me that was wrong. Because to me, I felt like I didn't care if people didn't like me. I just didn't like that they were disliking me for the wrong reasons. They were seeing me in this kind of like untrue way. I used to get really hung up about this, especially in high school. But honestly, when people assume things about you, it really just tells you more about them than it does you. And there's this awesome Maya Angelou um, quote that I love. When someone tells you who they are, believe them the first time, which like, okay, to be fair, people deserve second chances. You know, people make mistakes. And, um, I think maybe the majority of people don't, you know, get upset when someone makes an assumption about them, you just correct them. Um, but the thing is it does get extremely frustrating when it's the same thing all the time. So I'm going to share some experiences I've had where people, assume things about me and kind of what it showed about that person and how I dealt with it and maybe how I would deal with it now. So the first one that comes to mind, um, is this time where I was dating somebody and I was figuring out my sexuality. So, um, if you haven't listened to the first couple episodes, I identify as bisexual or pansexual, kind of depending on how safe I feel in the room with the people I'm with. Um, basically I'm just kind of attracted to, um, people, uh, regardless kind of, of how they identify. Um, and so I was just figuring out this bisexuality. I wasn't sure about kind of where I stood with that. And I was talking to the person I was dating at the time who, um, was a guy, a cis guy, a cisgender guy who, you know, was born as a guy, identified as a guy. Um, and he was like, I don't think you're bi. I think you're just curious. And I remember feeling really shut down by that because I was just kind of like, you're not listening to what I'm saying. Um, And on the same topic, I've had multiple people like try and assume things about me, even when I was just like, just trying to talk things out. Um, So the ex I had before that, when I started trying to be like, you know, I think I might be bi. um, He kind of freaked out and was like, you know, a lot of people just say that bi people are just really horny because they'll just have sex with anyone. And I was like, I was so furious and angry, but I didn't know how to react. So I was just kind of like, what the heck is that supposed to mean? And he was like, well, it's true. And I was like, what the hell? Like, you're just assuming this about me that like, if I'm bi, then I'm horny all the time and I'll have sex with anyone, which like, first of all, that sounds really like kind of, uh, like negative, like to say that, oh, you'll just have sex with anyone. Cause it's like saying like, you don't have any standards and you know, all the things that come with that, which like if people are, you know, into having sex with whoever, like that's fine. But I felt really hurt by that, especially because I was dating this guy and he was like, I don't know, it wasn't a very sensitive thing to say. And then I've also had peers saying that bi people were just lesbian wannabes. So there's just like all of this negative stuff and these assumptions that they could tell me who I was when I was just trying to express that I wasn't sure about this part of my identity. And all that really showed about those people was ignorance and close-mindedness. I was trying to show them um, and be vulnerable and they were not willing to listen. But I took that really personally and kind of internalized it and was really hurt. Whereas 
you know, now if someone were trying to tell me, I don't think you're bi, I think you're curious. I mean, you're still with a guy, right? You're going to marry this guy. So like, clearly you're not into girls. If someone made that assumption about me now, I'd be like, well, no, like if you were straight and you were a kid and you had never been with anybody, you still knew you were straight. So just because I'm not like dating somebody who's um, not a guy right now, doesn't mean that I don't know that I'm attracted to them. And it would be a discussion. Whereas at that time I was like really shut down and didn't want to talk about it. So kind of your option in this sort of situation, when someone's just saying negative stuff about something that you're trying to figure out, you, you don't have to be confrontational when you say it, you can just kind of explain a little bit. I think kind of the big thing when people make assumptions about you, um, is you feel defensive. And so it gets kind of scary to say something because you don't want to cause a lot of conflict and you don't want to like create tension. Um, but you can do it in a way that is really, um, like sensitive to both you and whoever's making these comments, because if you're just having a discussion and, you know, keeping a calm tone, it's just a discussion and they don't have to agree with you. That's the other thing is like, this is not about you. This is about their perception of you. You know what you think and who you are. You don't have to prove anything. You could if you want. So like in this situation, for me, it's just important to say something now because I know I'm not the only one who feels like that and I don't want them to go around doing that to other people. That's just me. But if it's not important to you to say something, you don't have to. You can just be like, okay, whatever person, you can think whatever you want. So yeah, that's like the first example that came to mind. Another one was I was in grade nine. I was in high school and it was international day at my school. So uh, what that meant is everybody kind of came to school dressed in their like traditional um, clothing for their culture. So for me, I wore a lenga to school, which is like a really nice like Indian dress, I guess. Um, and people were commenting about how like I looked really pretty, how like Indian I looked and I was kind of just like, yeah, I'm Indian. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you want. But um, this one guy who I didn't really know that well and who wasn't particularly nice to me, I guess, um, commented about how I looked really nice and then said, you look super Indian, but you're really white though. And I just kind of laughed and was like, yeah, ha ha. And like he left and I just, I felt really weird about it. Like it just didn't feel right to be like, yeah, but you're really white. I was kind of like, no. Um, like I know what you mean, but that's not true because this was, I was old enough at that point to understand that I was, um, being perceived as white because of the way that I behaved. I wasn't in their eyes behaving like a traditional Indian person, whatever that meant to them. Whereas I was like, no, 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 I identify with my Indian culture. And now as an adult, I can see like, I, I did grow up in a pretty Indian, like, um, like environment with like those values and things like that. I wouldn't say it's like stereotypically like super Indian, I guess. Like this is like getting into weird territory with like, what, what does Indian even mean when we're talking about how I was raised? But what I mean is I was in a very strict environment. I wasn't allowed to date. I, um, there were a lot of things where it was like, 
there were times where my parents would be like, I don't care what your white friends do. This is what we do, which is I, I know hundred percent, like those of you who don't identify as white, you are hearing me. Cause that's a thing. <laughs> um, there's just things in like Canadian culture that just are considered, um, like less than, I guess, kind of like lazy, I guess. Like my mom always used to say like typical Canadian mentality, wanting the money, not wanting to work as an example. Because it's very typical here that lost people just call in sick if they don't want to work. And that's just not a thing in a lot of places. Like even in like Australia, that's not a thing. Um, but like the hardworking immigrant mentality is something that I grew up learning. And like I knew my Indian food. I um, studied and did Indian dance growing up. And like I know the language even though I'm not fluent in it. Um, like I really felt like I knew my culture, but I also knew that like at home I would fight with my parents all the time. Like I was really resistant to a lot of the, um, controlling that they tried to, um, put on me as a, as a teenager. Like that's a typical age when, um, kids start to like find their identity and are like resisting different, um, like structures that they don't like and questioning attitudes and values and stuff like that. Right. So that's like a normal time, but it was harder. I think in my family, because I was being torn in two different directions, right? Where it's like, all of these white people are assuming this about me. I, I'm this like super innocent, quiet, submissive Indian person. Whereas at home, my mom and dad would assume that I was this like, I don't know, like rebellious, like just white kid who wanted to do everything like party, which I didn't, I wasn't that at all in school. Like I wasn't a party kid at all. Um, and so like I had different people assuming different things about me on this day, this kid was like, you're white. And I was like, no. And I just felt really confused about it. And so that day I didn't do anything. I just kind of laughed it off and went, went along with my day. And honestly, like that could even happen today because it's a tough conversation to have. Like I just talked for however long explaining that. Um, so if you're in a spot where someone is assuming something about your culture it's really up to you and like how safe you feel in saying anything. Like I think a lot of this in this episode, it's like you feel defensive when people say that. And then it's up to you how you react in this one. Um, it's always about how safe you feel, especially when it comes to something where people are assuming something about your culture. So I know lots of people who come from like Muslim countries, but they're not Muslim and people make assumptions about that. Or like, you know, just in general, the assumptions that people make about Muslim people, like that's just a very like sensitive topic. And it's like, it, it can be scary to try and talk about it for certain people. Like they might not feel safe. Um, but in, in general, um, I think how I would handle that now is like, you know, like if someone was to comment about how white I am, I'd be like, what does that mean? Like, tell me what you mean by that. Because I don't think, um, this is actually something that really hit home for me in an episode of Queer Eye. I can't remember which episode it is. I think it's in like season one where Karamo is like, there's no one way to be black. There's no one way to be any like ethnicity or culture that you identify with. Like I... There's no right way to be Indian. First of all, I identify as Indian, but my culture is really Fijian Indian, but I didn't grow up in Fiji. My mom didn't even fully grow up there. She left when she was like eight, but I identify with that culture. There's no right way to do that, right? Um, I I see myself as like first generation, um, like Fijian Indian. 
And to me, that encompasses everything. I grew up in Canada. I've got lots of Canadian culture in my identity, but I also have a lot of that Fijian Indian culture. Like it's just, they're both part of me and I can't, I can't be one or the other. And so the struggle of people seeing me and being like, oh, that girl's not really Indian. She's way too assertive. She's way too confident. She's not um, like passive and submissive. So she's not Indian. That in itself is an issue. Like, yes, it's a cultural thing, but I, I know people who are from India who are not that way. Like, it's just a huge cultural kind of assumption to make. Um, that was kind of a rant. <laughs> but that's just kind of part of what this is, people assuming things about you, right? Um, okay, another one is when I am with my partner, who's a white guy, who identifies as straight, um, when we meet new people together, like if we go somewhere and we're going to a party or whatever, um, people assume we're straight or I guess that I'm straight because, you know, we, we appear that way. Um, and that's kind of the assumption that people make and that's like fine. Um, sometimes it's really obvious when somebody's not straight cause you know, they're with somebody of the same sex or like they present in a like flamboyant way or, um, you know, there's different clues sometimes, but the thing is, it's not always true. Um, and also lots of people aren't going to be presenting like in a really obvious way or whatever. So what happens is we go and then people start making gay jokes that aren't funny and, um, just are plain insults or they're rude or they use language that is kind of not inclusive. And then I feel closeted. Um, and this happens all the time because I am in a like straight relationship. So the thing is like, yes, the majority of the people in the world are straight. People make assumptions that everybody in the room is straight. And that's not really what the issue is. The issue is that people then feel it's fine to make rude comments, um, and make these weird jokes because they feel safe enough that like everybody in the room is straight, but it's just not true that you can tell by looking even with like like a, a gay or lesbian person, like you, it's not always obvious. People just say, Oh, I've never not noticed when someone's gay. Well, you probably have accidentally not noticed because not every gay person is as flamboyant as the people you see in like TV shows. One of my best friends is gay. He passes as straight all the time and he doesn't really identify with like gay culture. And to be honest, I, I don't identify a lot with it either. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Um, I think people these days like to say that sexuality shouldn't be a huge part of your identity. Like it doesn't have to be like, um, like this huge thing when it's kind of irrelevant in most situations, but in a world where your sexuality might not be accepted, even today, it is a huge part of your identity identity and it's exhausting. Um, because it just means that people aren't being considerate of who you are. And I don't see what the huge effort is in just being inclusive. Like you're right. Majority of people are straight, but it takes $0 to be inclusive. You know, like if there's no effort really. Um, so in this instance, it's again, like up to you and how safe you feel. I sometimes will casually like bring up a woman I'm attracted to. I'll be like, oh, that celebrity is like really attractive. Or like, I'll comment on how pretty like the server is or something. I'll be like, wow, she's like really pretty. I really like her eyes or something. Um, and slowly people figure it out. That's kind of how my, my friends figured it out. Just like general, like, you know, like 
even like straight girls, if they're hanging out with each other, they'll be like, damn, that guy's really hot. That's basically what I would do. But it's just easier for me to do that in certain situations than to like outright be like, yeah, guys, I'm into girls too. Um, and be confrontational about it. But if I feel safe enough, I will, I'll comment on the joke and be like, whoa, dude, that was kind of a questionable joke. I don't know. Like that was, and I'm kind of known in my like friend circle to be that person because I don't know, like I just, I, I mean, I guess I was, I learned a lot of the time in university and in school, like that it's important to be inclusive. And I know lots of people disagree that they're like, why are we being so sensitive? Like, what's the big deal? But like, as someone who's been affected by this, it is important. And it's really exhausting to have people make these assumptions about you. Um, because it's just, why do we need to explain it to each other? And that's the other thing, like people who say, oh, it's not that important. Sexuality is just part of life. It doesn't need to be like this huge identity thing. If that's the case, then what's the big deal in just being inclusive? Like it takes no effort to not make that bad joke. So if it's not a huge deal, why do you need to make the joke? You know what I mean? So I just kind of feel like let's not make those assumptions. And if that's an assumption that people make about you, like it's up to you to speak up about it if you want to. Um, it can be frustrating. These things are always frustrating. Um, but again, it doesn't, it's not about you. It's about what they're perceiving, right? So the last one I wanted to share, or I guess maybe the second last, I have a funny one I might share, um, is I look brown. So I speak Punjabi and therefore I represent all Indian people and I love yoga. <laughs> I don't know what it is. People just kind of assume this all the time about me. I don't speak Punjabi. I definitely don't represent all Indian people, especially because like, first of all, I, I never lived in India, but also there are like, how many people living in India? No, I don't represent every culture in India and I don't love yoga. Um, I like it. It's fine. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of everybody being like, namaste. <laughs> uh, because it literally means hello. I'm sure there's like an old Sanskrit um, meaning, but like that's not how the word's used anymore. I don't know why everybody's obsessed with it. This is just me ranting now. But um, this is assumptions that people of different cultures make. So I live in Vancouver. There is a really high population of um, people from Punjab and like first generation, second generation, third generation people. Um, so whenever they see a brown person, they assume that they're Punjabi here. Just like the same thing where people assume that people who look a certain way are Muslim, which is like not true. Um, and even that's frustrating. It's the same kind of struggle with the one where I was talking about in high school that somebody assumed that I am white. This is like the opposite, um, but it's not a white person making this assumption, although sometimes it is. Um, and so it's frustrating for me because they'll start like speaking Punjabi to me and I'm like, I don't speak that language. There's a lot of different languages in India, like surprise. <laughs> and it's really frustrating because I'm like, no. And then they're like offended. And it's like, why? Like, I'm a human. I don't need to know everything. It's okay. Um, but then also among like white people, um, I guarantee that like every brown person you've ever met has been asked about yoga, has been asked about Indian food and has been asked about like some Indian issue, like an election or something that's going on. Um, because they assume, and it's like not a thing that every person who's brown has an opinion on all those things or even like cares about them. Um, 
So for me, um, I can talk to you about my family's Indian food. I can't really talk to you about other Indian food. Like, I don't know anything. First of all, like butter chicken's like not a thing in my family. Can't comment on that. It's like, sorry. Um, I can talk to you a little bit about Hindi. I don't really know. We can talk about Bollywood a little bit, but like, I don't really know that much about it. Like yoga. Great. Good for you. Like, oh, that's a whole other rant. <laughs> I'll try not to rant too much. I've already been ranting basically this whole episode, but, um, So like, if you are of a group of people who people make assumptions about, I feel you. (laughs) It's frustrating. Um, And then it like, it's kind of, again, up to you how you want to react. I usually like, this is what I do. If like a white person comes to me and is like, oh my God, do you love yoga? I'm like, no, like, it's fine. No, no, it's no big deal. Like, and they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Because like, you just react with honesty. And then that will change their perspective. Maybe, maybe not. Um, but if people like are like, do you want to go for Indian food? I'm like, no, why would I want to go for Indian food? I can make Indian food and I eat my mom's Indian food. I have so much judgment about every Indian food I eat out because I have such high standards now. There's like one place that I would recommend in Vancouver. Um, it's on 54th and Victoria. I don't even know how to say the name. It's like a Pakistani, um, restaurant. It's not even like an Indian restaurant. I think it's called like Karakoram. I don't even know. I don't know how to say that, but you can look it up. Really good food. Um, but that's like actually something that, um, has happened to me. Like when I was dating somebody, they're like, do you want to go for Indian food? And I was like, please, like, can we not? Um, so yeah, that's like most of the time I just say exactly how I feel. And then it, it's just being honest. You don't have to go along with it. Like really, um, you can share your frustration if you want, but like, I don't really see how that would help. It's kind of up to you, really. Um, Sometimes it's fun to mess with people. I mean, that's not the nicest thing to do. Um, But I'm at the risk of getting a whole bunch of hate. I am going to share the last experience where somebody assumed something. Um, So basically, I was living in Alberta. I was living in Edmonton for eight years. Um, and I would get phone calls just like we all do during elections and stuff from the different parties. And there was a provincial election, um, pretty recently. And I kept getting phone calls from the, basically the, the provincial conservative party of Alberta. That's not what it's actually called, but, um, And so what happened was they'd call and be like, Hey, we want your support, blah, blah, blah. And I would just be like, I don't live there anymore. Sorry. Bye. And hang up. Um, but previously in a different election, I was getting phone calls before and they were saying like, Oh, we want to get rid of like whatever the other, the NDP. And this party was like very obviously hateful towards people that weren't white hateful, excuse me. See a burp again, this episode, this is tradition guys. I'm so sorry, but this is what would happen if we were hanging out in my living room, which is the whole feel of this. So let's just accept it. We're going to move past it. Okay. Um, and they're awful, also really hateful towards like trans people and, um, like the LGBTQ plus community. Like they'll try, they'll say in public, Oh no, we love those people, but their actions don't show that I am publicly not a conservative Okay. Um, but 
I would keep getting these calls and be like, I don't live there anymore. Please stop calling me. Blah, blah, blah. Finally, they called and my friend was like, you should just tell them like why you don't support them. So one time they called and they were like, hi, will you be supporting us in the next section? I was like, I am, I literally said, I am a not straight person of color who has survived sexual assault because they also are like really not into supporting that. What do you think? I said, and they were like dead silent. They're like, I don't understand. And I was like, no, I'm a person of color who's not straight and has survived sexual assault. Do you think I would support you? And they were like, okay, have a nice day. And I was like, thanks. Bye. And that was it. And it was like, not necessarily the nicest way to handle it. Definitely. I was just like getting pissed off at that point. But sometimes when you do that, it might make them think maybe this individual thought about it. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe they just, I just confirmed that all like people of color who have survived sexual assault and are not straight are like angry bitches. You know, maybe that's what I did, but you know, like I said, it's totally up to you. So basically you have no control over what people assume. All of these stories I shared are people's assumptions about me. And I ranted a bit on why those things were complicated. Um, but you'll notice basically my solution for each thing for what to do when people assume is it's up to you because people will make their own decisions and they'll act how they want to act. And it's, there's nothing you can do about it. So you kind of have to accept that because that will help your own mental health because it's not about you. It's not your fault. It's their own perceptions, decisions, actions. It's not anything you can control. You don't have to explain yourself. You can ignore it. Like, there's nothing wrong with not saying anything. Like you don't owe the world anything if people are assuming things about you and it's frustrating um, because it's never going to stop. And that's just kind of how it is. And some days you just don't want to deal with it. And that's fine. It's really no big deal. So I've shared a lot about um, assumptions that people have made about me and they are specific to things in my life about who I am and like how I live the assumptions that people make in that way. But I think that people assuming things about you is something that is relevant to anybody, even if you're like the most privileged, rich, white person who's straight, like, and has never experienced any challenges or something, which is like definitely not a thing. But if that were a thing, people are still going to make assumptions about you. And so I hope that this has helped to show you that it's not your fault what people assume about you. It's up to you how you want to react um, but you don't know anyone, anything, you don't need to explain yourself and, you know, be you be awesome. Don't be worried about what other people think. And if you enjoyed this podcast, I would love if you would go over to iTunes and leave a quick review for me, because that lets other people know that this is a great podcast for wonderful inspiration and it will help them and encourage them. I would really appreciate it. If you have a topic or a question, please let me know. Hit record uh, and send me a voice memo, memo asking a question. So you can just swipe up if you're listening on iTunes. There's a little link there for sending me a voice memo. Um, or you can email me a voice memo or send your questions to sarita at flightandscarlet.com or just hit the contact button on my Instagram at flightandscarlet. I'm loving lately is Black Lightning 
on Netflix. You're probably going to hear a lot of TV show and movie recommendations on this podcast during this little segment of something I'm loving lately. Um, and black lightning is, Oh my God, amazing. I don't know why it took me so long to watch it, but it is so good. They tackle so many issues and seeing that many people of color on the screen who have important, well-developed characters is just amazing. I am so invested in it and it's just like, incredible. I'm also reading it while, sorry, watching it while I'm reading the hate you give and the themes are so similar. Um, and it's kind of amazing. So if you haven't read the hate you give or watch black lightning, I actually recommend that you read while you're watching the show, like read the book at the same time, because it's kind of like, it's really eye opening and really has me thinking like, it's kind of perfect. If I were still teaching, I would be doing this with my kids. Um, because it's just like, it's really awesome to contextualize it from the perspective of a teenager and then watching it as an adult. It's super cool. I love it. Watch it. Let me know what you think. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and download any episodes that are available thus far. We have a fair few now. Those downloads help keep this podcast going and help it come up as recommendations for more new people. And if you feel that this particular chat would help someone, I'd be so grateful if while you're on your phone right now, you could give this podcast a quick review or share on your social media or do both. It's really the most powerful way that you can help strangers and friends by encouraging them to listen. So I'll see you in episode five, where we'll talk about how to have a healthy relationship with your family, if that's a struggle, next Wednesday.